I have two things. And I'm, there's a relationship here somewhere. I think it's just because both, they both involve females or women in general. Uh, I know females has taken on that sort of incel feeling. But I actually mean just like, you'll see. I should start again. <laughs> I already feel like I messed it up just by saying the word females. Shibuya Kaho is a former uh, adult video actress. And she does a lot of cosplay. She streams on Twitch. She does a lot of stuff like with anime and stuff like that now. Uh, and you can book her to attend events. Now, I didn't do the story that precedes this on Ninja News Japan because there wasn't much to it. The assumptions were all very clear and what was going on was all very clear. There was like an anime Matsuri and she had been invited. And then these stories went out that she was going to be performing like sex acts with people there or providing services for people there, which as soon as you hear the story, you know, that's not exactly true or factual or it doesn't make sense because yes, she used to do porn, but that doesn't mean she's like a prostitute for hire. Uh, she clearly doesn't really do anything particular. Like, I mean, there's a sexual overtones to a lot of stuff because she's got big boobs. That's kind of like was her selling point when she was in AV. But I don't think that's sort of what she's going for as her main selling point now. now. She's willing to talk about sex and stuff like that. Clearly still a big part of her life. But you can see her life has moved on and changed from what used to be porn. She was invited to Anime Matsuri. So let me read the initial tweet that she had. It was up till 4 a.m. Anime Matsuri had me, the only Japanese guest there, be their iPad stand and interpreter on a three-hour Zoom call to build a one-to-one -one scale figure. My team even helped. I've asked about compensation for our time and then got ignored. Considering there were many issues besides this, we won't return. That's a pretty fair statement. Of course, that's not where it ends. So there were the rumors beforehand, and then it seems as though she wasn't treated particularly well uh, at the anime Matsuri. And they came back and said, we treated you like a, a goddess, a queen. Things could not have been better. And she disagreed. But it's rare to see a well-formulated response and then delivered publicly, which is what we're going to read now. From the time I arrived in Houston until the convention began, I had every expectation that Anime Matsuri would be a successful event. Things looked to be coming together fine. However, once the convention started, this is where my experience was negatively impacted and where the majority of my grievances begin. Uh, I know that English isn't her first language, and this has probably been cleaned up, but this is very articulate, and I like the way it's numbered. That, to me, is a big deal. Because it makes it very clear, your, and then in quotes, John, uh, in brackets, John's points of contention, which you relied via direct message, we welcomed you both with our open arms, treated you guys so well, made you guys feel welcome in our headquarters like it was your home. Well, that's an interesting statement to start with, because worse, you're saying that we treated you well and you felt welcome, but that is purely subjective. If they did not feel welcome, then they didn't feel welcome. So it's actually, you don't get to make that statement. That's actually maybe the point I want to make is the statement he's making to start out with as his argument, like we made you feel good. 
Well, no, if she's actually saying, I don't feel good, then you did not make her feel good. And that actually feeds into a lot of the other stuff that, you know, people's attitudes and, and a lot of the complaints and stuff is they're thinking about what they did and they think, ah, if someone did that for me, maybe that would feel good. Or maybe they've made a lot of assumptions. She doesn't normally get treated like this, whereas she probably does. So now she's going to feel extra special where she doesn't. From the time of the landing and up until Thursday the 8th, yes, we felt very much welcomed. So she's actually agreeing with a partial aspect of that statement. Number two, we let her stream and did everything you asked. We treated you like family. Accommodating my stream was also very much appreciated. In return, I continually plugged uh, Anime Matsuri on every stream leading up to day one of the con. Also, in turn, I accommodated Anime Matsuri when I was asked to do things like spend an entire Saturday evening with per personally handing out VIP packages to your attendees. Which, okay, so she's saying, I provided extra services. So the stuff you're talking about, you may, maybe you did make me feel welcome, but I repaid that by going above and beyond our contractual agreement. And that is the thing that this is interesting to me. This is actually about what she was contractually asked to do, what she did, and then how she was treated for doing it. Because quite often people go above and beyond the contract and then the people who contract them think that that is just part of the deal. Number three, we bought food, took you wherever you wanted to go. Correct. I was provided meals until the start of the con. So basically before the con, uh, she was taken wherever she wanted to go. As far as going anywhere, the only places I asked to go were to be vaccinated and two other locations. All trips were con-related and involved preparation for my appearance and the runs for booth supplies. Uh, that is very interesting to me. That she she was in America and she's like, I'm not getting vaccinated in Japan. I got my second vaccination today. This story is months old now. This is from uh, June, I think, is when all this stuff was happening. I just had this in my file and I found it again today because I was. it's something, again, contracts are really interesting to me. All the Disney... Uh, Scarlett Johansson stuff that's going on. I'm reading all of that. I find it all fascinating to no ends. Uh, and then buying them food. I, I actually think that's probably usually contractual. You kind of have to feed the people who are working for you. Number four, you can't deny our staff treated you top notch. Uh, this is something that she clearly can't deny because that's what she's doing right now. All staff that were tasked with assisting me leading up to the con were pleasant and helpful. However, at HQ, there were two male members of your staff this is where I got, you know, ah, uh, nerdy dudes with a, a porn star who's into like nerdy stuff. Assumptions are made. Not assigned to me by you who tried to get my contact information and be extra friendly is in quotes. Although I felt very uncomfortable with these propositions, both my manager and I handled them gracefully. We had to make one of them aware that his actions were inappropriate because he came to my booth a few times to attempt to meet with me personally I didn't want to get anyone in trouble, so I neglected to mention any of these incidences to you. However, now that you have mentioned their top-notch treatment, I will be perfectly clear, I didn't feel safe by myself, and that's why I spent most of my time streaming at HQ to avoid such awkward and uncomfortable interactions. I mean, that is the whole story right there. These guys cannot control themselves, and they have expectations because she used to do porn that they're going to have a shot that they're nerds running this nerd thing and she's kind of a nerdy former porn star that again, just the assumptions are all there. And I just like, if I was in a similar situation, my base assumption is that she would not be interested in me. 
And these guys have gotten to a point where they think, well, she's a porn star. She must be interested in anyone and anything. And therefore I qualify. Whereas I bet her standards, like she's a pretty lady. She's got guys falling all like, just like this guys are falling over themselves to get close to her. How do you think you have a shot without pulling out some really like full on top notch game, which I guarantee these guys do not have. Number five, even when her stalker sent those insulting emails, we did not complain. We stood with you. I wasn't aware of the email until people in the anime slash con industry contacted me concerned about my situation. We can only assume the email was from my stalker. However, he was not the reason those people were worried. The fact is people were inclined to believe such a preposterous rumor due to anime Matsuri's negative reputation. So I think they're talking about the thing I mentioned before, the uh, assumption that she would be performing sex on, I don't know, attendees or staff or management or something. Uh, All willy-nilly, you know, this was basically a free use situation. So her stalker maybe sent an email. There is an implication that the stalker maybe started this rumor, but I didn't believe she was doing that. Um, I didn't believe that that was what was going to go on here, but other people did. And she's saying it's because of the reputation of this, this convention. Number six, but she's upset about the translation fee, which we weren't told we had to pay or even given an amount. This is beyond my comprehension. I always find like how any sort of business email, uh, when people get sort of hyperbole involved, they can't even comprehend the idea that they have missed something or that something has been missed. Um, When it's actually perfectly reasonable, this stuff happens all the time. No, it's far from the only reason I'm upset. I, as, as I will highlight for you below. And then there's like a whole bunch of points. As I had written in the, in addition section regarding my out of pocket reimbursement, I tried to point out that an additional out of pocket expense should be considered and covered since I was told before our international flights were even booked that you would not cover this specific cost. It was a cost I paid, which ended up being an asset to the anime Matsuri, even though it came out of my pocket. The person who flew in and helped as my booth handler, MC, and also helped build the REM figurine because he was one of the biggest men in the e- because he was one of the biggest men that eStream wanted. The suggested amount of four hundred and seventy-two dollars and ninety-seven cents was included in the email. I actually don't think that's very much for translation services. I mean, I'm assuming this is over the course of several days and he did other things beyond what he was asked to do, just translation. But we get into her complaints. Now that I've addressed your points, let me fill in the gaps from my stay of my stay from the evening of July 8th through until completion of our business. Number one, I was scheduled to be on the Tenjin Festival stage and cosplay on Thursday evening before the official start of the anime Matsuri. After preparing for the event, I was left waiting in my room without any updates or instructions. Our appointed guest relations handler went silent until we noticed an announcement on Twitter that the event was canceled. It was only then that I realized my evening was wasted. I should also clarify that this person was non-specific, a, a con-specific handler, not to be confused with international relations manager Jacob Takanashi. He was the one of the lone bright spots of the convention and was a tremendous help to my team. So that's nice. She's actually saying, here's a guy who did a good job. Everyone else sucks ass. By the time we figured out for ourselves that Tenjin Fest was canceled, it was too late to go out for dinner. We ended up ordering dinner in as we had a plan for my big announcement panel the next day. It was at this point when you reached out for a favor in quotes, the matter seemed to be of some urgency. So without any time to change out a cosplay or having any idea how long this favor would take, we all immediately went to the 
exhibit hall to help. It wasn't until I saw the four huge crates and lack of tools to uncrate them that I realized just how big this favor was going to cost me. As you are well aware, it started just around midnight and took roughly three hours. The situation was impractical to say the least. Halfway through, I noticed there were more Anime Matsuri staff sitting around and watching rather than helping. Regardless, my team and I went above and beyond because we wanted your con and our first Anime Matsuri to be a success. By the time we made it back to our hotel rooms, it was 4 a.m. and our planning session for my panel the following day completely fell to the wayside, which brings me to my next point. So they basically asked her, and I think it's the uh, one-to-one scale statue they're talking about, to open that from crates and build it while other people sat around and watched. I wouldn't have done it. Like even if I was contracted, I'm I'm not going to work past midnight. Um, unless I'm getting paid a lot of money. So that's a, I mean, I'm an old man though. So maybe that's just my, my world I live in now. She's trying to make sure this thing goes well. Number two, even before my flight was booked, weeks before Anime Matsuri, I requested to have my own panel on either Friday or Saturday for the sole purpose of making new project announcements. Upon my arrival in Houston, I secured the date and indicated everything I needed for my panel. I was assured multiple times that everything I requested would be provided. Imagine my surprise when I walked into the panel room after a long night of very little sleep because of the favor that not one thing I asked for had been set up. My U.S. manager, who was with me at the time, immediately began trying to salvage the panel on the fly in order to make the most of things. Since the con staff on hand had no answers to our problem, this was obviously not what had been agreed upon. And while I kept my composure, I assure you, I was extremely upset. Luckily, my Tokyo-based manager arrived and he immediately made it clear that I was displeased and this failure was entirely on Anime Matsuri's part. Yes, he raised his voice and it was unfortunate that he yelled uh, at one of your staff members, which I will address in my next point. However, if it wasn't for his outburst, nothing would have been done to make right, to make it right. Anime Matsuri failed to deliver on the most important thing I needed in exchange for my time as a guest. Unfortunately, this has had a very negative effect on me and my team going into Saturday and Sunday. To make matters worse, every Anime Matsuri appearance I was scheduled to appear in for the remainder of the weekend either started late or wasn't even in the correct location. I have never been to a convention of any sorts, but I imagine that unless it is perfect, I've organized small events uh, and it is difficult. And this, we're talking about like one event, get everyone into one room, stay there for X amount of hours and then leave. And it is still difficult. Multiple days, multiple panels, multiple things. This has got to be insane. Number three, then came Sunday evening when you messaged my Japan-based manager to berate him for how my US-based manager allegedly mistreated a staffer assigned to us. You asked to speak with him immediately during the teardown of the ex- exhibit hall And he even ended his dinner early so he could meet with you and hear your claims. For some reason, you thought it was also wise to message me in the same manner immediately afterward, even though you knew he was already on his way to speak with you. Your last text was, this is unfortunate. And it was indeed unfortunate that you reacted in such a way before even hearing our side of the story. Uh, This is is also sounding very uh, Karen-like. On the anime Matsuri side, I mean, we are getting one side of this, but... I think the fact that their side is private and she's making her side public is impressive. It makes it very clear that she's not afraid to actually talk about this stuff. Even before he came back to update us on the situation, the staffer who lodged the complaint called my U.S.-based manager to state his case and accused us of mistreatment, all the while stating he understood why we were upset and not to worry about him. 
My manager put the call on speakerphone, so I heard the entire conversation. As you're aware, my staff went above and beyond to make it right with the staffer, even though his initial claim was that my U.S.-based manager yelled at him, which wasn't the case. As I explained in Section 2, when he told me about the mistreatment, he was clearly lying about my U.S.-based manager having a tantrum in the panel room. I still don't understand why he did that to my U.S.-based manager. Uh, And that is when I began to lose trust in anime Matsuri. The drama is off the charts. And I think that the reason I enjoy this so much is because the anime Matsuri side, the rumors that started ahead of time because she's a former porn star make it all the better that she's being super professional and they're all uh, seem to be acting like children. I actually believe everything she's writing and all the tantrums and lying and stuff. I've seen, this is maybe unfair, I've seen nerdy people behave like this. I guess everyone in every industry has stuff like this. But it's almost like the nerdy people I know have a penchant for the dramatic. And they always go above and beyond. And I I actually, I've talked about it a couple times in a couple different podcasts where it's like people who feel like put upon take every opportunity to, to be the victim and actually like overreact. Let's get back to it. Number four. And there's four, there's only two more after this. It was from this point on that I felt that myself and my team had been left to our own devices since the Thursday evening of the convention. My assumption was further proven correct as you went totally silent until the late evening before the Wednesday morning departure back to Tokyo. For two whole days, no one from Anime Matsuri checked in on us even after sending updates of our whereabouts. Meals and food had already stopped since the prior Thursday. I even had to arrange my own transportation for re-entry, COVID testing to be allowed to return to Japan. I felt totally abandoned. I mean, yeah, once you've had an argument, of course they're just going to give up on you and leave you your own devices because uh, they sound like shitty people. Number five, after all I had experienced, the only thing that made me want to return to Houston next year were the fans who came to the con just so they could meet me. So when you eventually made time to stop by the hotel to discuss any issues between us, I prioritized expressing that the outburst on our side could have been handled better and I apologized for it. It is regretful that I had to turn to social media and email to address my concerns with you, as I would have much rather had this conversation that evening. However, when it came our turn to lay out the problems we experienced, you chose to lecture me, more or less, on how things work based on your 15 years of being a convention runner. Not once did you ever address Anime Matsuri's failure to deliver or apologize for any of the number of mishaps that happened throughout our convention. This, again, I'm going to make some big assumptions, but this sounds like a guy who runs the convention and now thinks he's really important. Uh, Because a lot of people do probably want to get in cons and they want to be in. um, I don't, I think there's like a scale of how important you are. So he's very important in his world. But I, they, people like that don't realize their world is very small. And that's the interesting part. Because I could be maybe considered important in my company, but I'm not. And even if I was important in my company, because I'm like a mid-level manager at this point. But let's say I was even a high-level manager. Within my company, I might be important. But within the greater scheme of the industry... That's sort of, I'd be hitting medium level, but in the scheme of the world, yeah, not much of anything at all, to be honest. So that's one of the things. It's scale and understanding. In the judo world, 
if we want to make it a little easier. So I got, I'm fairly high level belt wise. I go to clubs and they're like, oh, we're really happy to have you here. I don't get a big head that I'm like, awesome. Because you go out there and this is the problem, maybe. So again, judo simplifies everything. Basically, you can think you're awesome and then go get your ass kicked and that actually proves the point that you're not as awesome as you think you are. That doesn't happen for like a convention leader who's been doing it for 15 years. It's a big con. Everyone loves it. Everyone tells me I'm great. I've actually gone off on this a few times. I talked about uh, Justin Bieber uh, maybe last week on Ninja News Japan. But that's it. Everyone tells you you're doing a good job and then you start to think you're really important. I'm sorry, man. This is an anime convention. You are not a big deal. Okay. I think we're, we're at our last one. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Still, after all that, I bit my tongue because I wanted to let everything that transpired become water under the bridge in the hope of returning for AM 2022. Despite not being able to speak my mind or say my piece, we still managed to end the conversation uh, on somewhat positive note with both our sides willing to put experience behind us and look toward next year. I believed that the conversation was over and I was ready to return to my hotel room to finish packing for my flight home the following day. It was at that moment that you chose to propose the idea of appearing in tandem with a former colleague from the adult industry. I politely declined the first time. Again, you can see that this is heading towards like, you used to do porn and I got someone else who, who uh, used to do porn. Maybe we could do some porn stuff. Uh, which is really clearly why they wanted her there in the first place. I politely declined the first time as I had retired from the industry. Yet you persisted to try and sell me on your idea. So this guy, he's pissed off this former AV actress because she's essentially a cosplayer now. She streams on Twitch and stuff. That's not her job or her life anymore. She clearly wants to put that behind her. Like, I don't think she's ever at any point like denied that she did it or, or says she regrets it or whatever. That's fine. That's just not who she is anymore. And he's like, but you used to do it. Maybe I could still get you to do it. So I've pissed you off over the last like four days. I have uh, made you kind of hate me and the thing I run, but maybe I could get you to do some dirty stuff with my other person I know. And now like that sentence alone makes me feel like He's, he's essentially trying to uh, cultivate these people to join him for this very <laughs> uh, specific desires. It was at that point I decided I could not deal with your disrespect any longer. Oh! I have discovered the subreddit uh, Men Writing Women, and it has become sort of a new favorite thing. So this is C. McBee Reads, and I will read this to you. And you will enjoy it. I w you have to because men wrote it and therefore it must be good. The men writing women, nine times out of 10, is boob focused. <laughs> it's descriptors of women. It's, 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 it's like a woman coming down the stairs and they will describe the woman and or the way they think and is completely inappropriate. Um, oh, it's St. Patty's Day though. I mean, that's good. So he smirked and rose an eyebrow. It's less than a week from St. Patty's day. And I feel the need to celebrate this shit storm. The weatherman says is coming. I think it's bullshit. Personally, he turned to face her. She was more beautiful. Close up. Her features were striking and flawless. Oh, here we are. This is more what I was talking about. I saw the satellite pictures on the news. She informed him. The storm is bigger than the country. It spreads across half the Atlantic ocean. 
It's kind of sexy, if you ask me. That's, that's what I was looking for. A woman speaking to a man, and the first thing she says is a big storm coming. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Doesn't help to make a buck tonight. He watched as Al placed a pair of shot glasses on the bar and poured the Irish whiskey into each. Uh, something I've found in poor literature is there is this fetish, fetishization of Irish people. Now, I was born in Ireland. I have a lot of Irish friends. I've been to Ireland. It's never quite what they're making it out to be. Um, Ireland is not sexy. This pallor that I have going on is not sexy. Uh, that's something to keep in mind when you're writing your fanfic that includes Irish people. You should be using words like pasty, see-through, um, almost transparent uh, would be appropriate, or sunburned. That's the alternative. That's great. Doesn't help to make a buck tonight. He watched Al place a pair of shot glasses on the bar and poured the Irish whiskey into each. Besides, I've never believed a damn weather report in my whole life. <laughs> okay. Uh, one thing you have to do in books is make the man kind of a man. Uh, this should be men writing men. I've never believed a weather report in my life is doesn't have the same feeling of bravado. I think this writer believes it has. Uh, cause again, I, I, I pride myself on being the manliest of men. I, I do manly things all the time, constantly, like to the point where it's too much. And I would not be like, Ooh, I'm so tough. I don't believe weather reports. Besides, I've never believed a damn weather report my, in my whole life. So let's drink to that. I, I'm sorry, as far as uh, toasts go, that's not a great one. Corey slid one of the glasses in front of her. I'll never say no to a free shot. I should do a girl's voice. I'll never say no to a free shot, she added. But I love big storms like this. They turn me on. Something about being snowbound with nothing to do but fuck and listen to good music. I'll never say no to that. I would hope not. Yep. That is exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> I Big storms could turn you on. Uh, I've talked to multiple women in my life. Like exponentially more than two. And I've had romantic relations with several before I got married. And this is not how they talk, or none of them have talked that way. I maybe am not the right person, though, because I would be particularly bad at dirty talk. I would get self-conscious about saying dirty stuff uh, because, yeah, I'm already bad at it, and I know that. Or maybe that's the problem. I'm self-conscious about talking dirty, and that's why I, I am bad at dirty talk. I went crazy having fun and enjoying the full attention of my new boyfriend. I don't even know why I did it or how it happened. I guess girls need attention from boys all the time. They can't be without it. Like a fish can't be without water. I think it's in the female DNA. Um, I mean, has a more factual statement ever been made? 
there are several ways to look at this. This is what I do all the time. It's like, there are several ways to, to sort of break this down. The writer has failed to take into account that men and women do not think about themselves in these terms. They do not turn around and go, I guess girls need attention from boys all the time. Here's what I would, if I was going to give advice to aspiring writers, uh, when you are writing the opposite sex, you actually don't write them particularly different. They just might have slightly different concerns and you would deal with them in almost the exact same way. It's just because you have different context and stuff. Uh, that's, that's how they would have different problems. They would have to deal with it a different way. But the actual concerns are when I, like, I am uncomfortable. I am happy. That's not actually different. It's just the reasons for it might be different. And that's what you have to end up writing. This person who's written this, like that line in itself is more than enough. I guess girls need attention from boys all the time. A boy would never think boys need attention from girls all the time. So the, the writers made a mistake there. You would think I need attention from boys all the time. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That would be a concern. It would be something you either have to deal with. Um, they can't be without it. A woman wouldn't think of other women as they. So that's where you can tell that the man is writing this and not a woman. I think it's in the female DNA. I've actually, when I started this stream, I said the word female and immediately felt self-conscious about it because of the whole incel community using the word female almost in a negative way. So I've stopped using the word female as a pejorative, which is a weird thing to do because it's, you know, factual males, females. But because they're using it clinically, it's now taken on uh, a feeling that is unpleasant, maybe. So I, I don't know where we're just, I guess, just lady friends, because <laughs> that's better. Let's finish the paragraph before we move on. Most of us are confused at that age anyway. Nothing special really happened. And it's a typical thing. People under the age of 25 are immature, inexperienced, and quick to make decisions and not always good ones. Uh, that would actually imply that the writer is over 25, probably 26. <laughs> because it has nothing to do with age. Uh, people, it's not people under the age of 25 are immature. It's some people are immature. That's something I've learned by being super old is that I have people my own age who are immature and people who are like half my age who are very mature. And now I've realized it has very little to do with uh, gender, age, things like that. It's just individuals. They see the world as easy and light. It's just time when we live carefree, observe situations and gain experience so one day we can make the right decisions. That is absolutely bunkum, not true. Rula Alexandra, gender genocide. Rura Alexandra, cloned female and exterminator first class. Oh, this sounds awesome. Set out on a hunt for pigs. Those bearded, kilted, unruly monsters of the Scottish Moors who engaged in revolting practices with the women they kept in submission. Pigs. Those animals society had long learned to do without. Pigs, whose hero she discovered meant more to her than life itself. This is a romantic novel. She's awesome. Like that hat. She even has like the, this, okay. I had a friend say, draw me a gun, like a 1950s laser gun that looks like a penis, which they all do. 
if you actually do the cliche one, she's got it. She's holding it. Kill the male misfits, gender genocide. I kind of want to read this whole book. Good job regarding you, eh? Said Tonker. Oh, God, man. People got to learn to pick names. I write stuff and I make silly names, but I'm making silly names on purpose. People who are writing serious stuff, you got to really think about your names. The names are important. Do not mess around. Because as soon as I read Tonker, I'm now totally taken out. Tonker, grinning and whirring an empty sling around in one hand. One rock, one lunch. Maledict staying on guard. He said he'll smell anyone before they see him, and he's too edgy to eat. What can you do with that lot? Casserole of game, said Shufti firmly. We've got the veg, and I still got half an onion. I'm sure I can make an oven out of one of those. And then there's a blank. Oh, on your feet. Attention, snapped the silently moving jackroom behind them. There's a footnote. And the footnote is, a woman always has half an onion left over, no matter what the size of the onion, the dish, or the woman. (laughs) Why is that a footnote? Why? The woman on Hester Street. 1969, Varya. Varya was 13, already. New to her are three more inches of height and the dark patch of what? The dark patch of fur between her legs. Her breasts are palm-sized, her nipples pink dimes, her hair is waist-length and medium brown, not the black of her brother Daniel's or Simon's lemon curls, not Clara's glint. Yeah, is that how you start? This is the prologue to the woman on Hester Street. I mean, that's just gross. Like that just is gross. This actually demonstrates an interesting thing that the writer has decided that the physical body of the character is more important than the character itself. And that's actually like character traits will do more to pull you in than a sexy description. I should, I suppose I'm taking uh, men writing women too seriously. <laughs> I should just rip on the stuff they say, but then I'm actually getting to, 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 to proper critical literature in the mistake he's making that he's left his character a blank slate and created a physical form that clearly he's into, which is gross because it's like a Lolita complex thing but has failed to take into account that's not going to appeal to the reader unless they have a mental relationship with the character, which would come from the character's personality. Uh, I never read 50 shades of gray. I feel like I kind of have to, I, there was a guy on YouTube for a while. He was reading it and making fun of it. It's kind of like what I'm doing now. And that's an interesting idea that the main character, I think it was the same in Twilight, that the main character has no personality uh, because then the reader can sort of copy-paste their personality onto them. So really it's just the the Edward character or the Grey character finds the lead super attractive. And if you give them any traits, that means it's not the same trait I have. But the same mistake is made here. If you're explaining someone physically then I cannot lay my physicality over that character. So it fails in that as well. So what we've actually seen is the lady on Heston Street has failed in every instance, 
has has basically everything we've had. If you have not subscribed to Men Writing Women, I think it would be worth subscribing to just so you can um, get a sense of how not to write. <laughs> I've certainly learned a couple of things and it's not uh, stuff I ever would have written because that's not what I aim for, but it is interesting to look at it and know and understand. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube slash Podcast or streaming on twitch.tv slash chunkmcbeefchest. You can find Ninja News Japan on Facebook. Send questions or comments to speakpipe.com slash philosopodcast for your first step to fame. Not the good kind, the fleeting pointless kind. Link in the description. Check out all the podcasts in the Podcast family. See McBee, Ninja News Japan and Daily Affirmations Weekly. And I will always have half an onion for you, no more, no less. Sexy out homies.